Welcome to the New Nose Window. I'm Mary Alice Hoover, and I'm so glad you joined me today. We're praying that this is a time of blessing for you, that we can just give you a word that will encourage you. Hopefully that we're giving you some encouragement to pick up that Bible and dig in and read some of these stories. So before we jump in today, I want to share two things with you. First of all, thank you. Thank you for listening and being a part of this, and thank you for letting us know that you're listening and being a part of it. Um, we'll talk more at the end about how you can communicate with us, but uh, now that we're uh, officially on a YouTube channel, if you want to just drop in a comment and let us know, we'll be looking there, among other things. So thank you again for letting us know that you're watching, and we pray this is a blessing. The second thing is, as we're still adjusting to our new studio here in our home, we're dealing with um, some technology challenges, so we're trying to get that adjusted. So thank you for your patience as we get this all worked out. So today, today we're going to talk again about Sarai that we talked about the last time. Now last time we talked about Sarai as a support person, and today we're going to talk about Sarai as Sarai the failure, because that certainly must be what she must have felt like for a very long time. So as you remember in Genesis chapter 12, God comes to Abram with this bold promise. Isn't it wonderful that God makes bold promises? And he comes to Abram with this bold promise. And this bold promise involved several things. It involved uh, a place, going on a journey. It involved fame. It involved prosperity. It involved blessing. It involved uh, posterity. The, the fact that God said he was going to become a mighty nation. So that part of the story involved Abram's wife, Sarai. And as we said before, I'm sure when Abram announced this to Sarai, she was very excited because this was a big deal. We know by this time, uh, we don't know for sure what age she was at the, at the first appearance of God to Abram in this matter, but we do know she was advanced in age because it was already said of her that she was barren. And in those times especially, it's painful now, but in those times especially, it was so painful to be barren. That was considered the main thing a woman was supposed to do, was to give birth. And so she had failed at that, so she was already feeling like a failure. But here's this great new promise, and Abram comes to Sarai and says, guess what? God has promised that we're going to have a family. And Sarai is his only wife. She's the only one, and so she's full of anticipation and excitement. And the journey begins from there, and she's waiting for God's promise to be fulfilled. But you know what? The days and the months and the years go by, and nothing happens. Now, when you're anticipating something big, and you feel like you have a major part to play in that, and it doesn't happen, if you're a normal person, you might wake up in the morning and look in the mirror and say, what's the matter with me? What am I doing wrong? What am I not doing I should be doing? And I'm sure Sarah did all those things. It was a very painful time for her. We don't get a lot of details. Uh, someday when we get to heaven, maybe we can get all those blanks filled in. But it had to be a terribly excruciating time for her. And in fact, 10 years go by and still nothing has happened. Maybe her friends and family stopped talking about it. I don't know. I don't know what her conversations must have been like with Abram. But after 10 years, her excitement had turned to confusion, and then it had turned to desperation. And in fact, when we get to chapter 16, she's so desperate that she comes up with an alternative plan because she feels like there's no way. In fact, if you look at the beginning of chapter 16, Sarai, Abram's wife, had not been able to bear children for him, but she had an Egyptian servant named Hagar. So Sarai said to Abram, the Lord has prevented me from having children. Go and sleep with my servant. Perhaps I can have children through her. And Abram agreed with Sarai's proposal. Now, Mark and I were talking about this. 
most probably if, if she was a normal woman when Sarah proposed this she was hoping against hope that Abram would say no way I'm not going to do that you're the one just be patient and trust God and God's going to do this but Abram said oh okay I'll do that so he took Hagar as a, a second wife uh, even though she was a servant under Sarah and he did have a son with Hagar which didn't go well for anybody involved. It wasn't good for Hagar, it wasn't good for Ishmael, it certainly wasn't good with Sarah, and it wasn't a replacement for God's promise. So, the Sarah's excitement turned to confusion, turned to desperation. After another 10 years, by this time, she's just resigned to it. You know, they've got Ishmael, they've kind of, they're kind of rolling with that. He's now, you know, getting to be a teenager, and um, so she's just accepted she's just got an acceptance a resignation that's me I am a failure God made a promise I couldn't do my part somehow so I'm a failure and then something extraordinary happens God shows up again so um, in chapter 17 a couple of major things happen in a lot of these chapters and I hope you're reading along but in chapter 17 when God comes it's interesting to me that um, one of the things God does is he changes Abram's name to Abraham. So this new name uh, denotes that Abraham is going to be the father of many nations. So that's an interesting the name change. But when you get further into the chapter, chapter 17, and I want to read a little bit of this to you, Sarai's name gets changed too. So, and just to let you know, Sarai means princess. Sarah means my princess and also denotes being the mother of of a multitude. So princess of a multitude. So let's jump in. We're in chapter 17 in Genesis, jumping in in verse 15. Then God said to Abraham, regarding Sarai, your wife, her name will no longer be Sarai. From now on, her name will be Sarah. And I will bless her and give you a son from her. Yes, I will bless her richly. and She will become the mother of many nations. Kings of nations will be among her descendants. Then Abraham bowed down to the ground but he laughed to himself in disbelief. How can I become a father at the age of 100, he thought. And how can Sarah have a baby when she's 90 years old? So Abraham said to God, he's going to negotiate here, may Ishmael live under your special blessing. But God replied, no, Sarah, your wife, will give birth to a son for you. You will name him Isaac, and I will confirm my covenant with him and his descendants as an everlasting covenant. As for Ishmael, I will bless him also, just as you've asked. I will make him extremely fruitful and multiply his descendants. He will become the father of twelve princes, and I will make him a great nation. But my covenant will be confirmed with Isaac, who will be born to you and Sarah about this time next year. When God had finished speaking, he left Abraham. So now, two things. God changed their names. It's no longer Abram. It's Abraham. It's no longer Sarai. It's Sarah. Both of those new names denote they're going to be parents of multitudes. And now it's a new day because now the promise has come back and there's a timeline. Now Sarah's 90 and God just said about this time next year, Sarah's going to give birth to a son. Now it's just like God to stretch things to be so impossible that when he does a miracle, there's just no question about the miracle and so we have this visit it's it's a for sure thing we got a timeline now we now the son has a name and we know he's coming so in the very next chapter in chapter 18 
the Lord comes back to visit Abraham again. And this time he calls for Sarah. And Abraham says, oh, she's over there in the tent. And again, the Lord says, about this time next year, Sarah's going to give birth to a son. And this time, Sarah laughs. But you know what? God did just what he said he was going to do. And in chapter 21, we have the birth of Isaac. Now, the reason I bring this to your attention is, of course, it's always great when you know the end of a story from the beginning. But I want you to stop and think about this. Sarah didn't get the really joyful news of the reality of the fulfillment to feel it, to see it, to touch it until she was 90. That was a long, long time to wait. And she lived a whole lot of life in those 90 years. She endured a lot of heartache and disappointment and questions in all those years. And I know some of you have endured a lot of heartache and questions and confusion and disappointments just like Sarai. But I want to encourage you that God is a promise keeper and He will keep His promises to you. Now one more thought before we leave Sarah, Sarah now for today. And that is way over in the book of Hebrews. Now in the book of Hebrews, which is in the New Testament, almost towards the end really, um, Hebrews is a letter that was written. Uh, we don't know for sure who wrote Hebrews actually, but the name of the book should give us a clue as to who it was written to because that would the Hebrews are the Jews, and so it's written to the Jews. So when you're reading the book of Hebrews, you'll see a lot of Jewish history. You'll see a lot of illustrations and explanations of um, the Jewish holy days and ceremonies that they had in the Old Testament. So that's a lot of that's included in the book of Hebrews. But in Hebrews chapter 11, we have what we call the Faith Hall of Fame. So in chapter 11 of Hebrews, God highlights so many Old Testament people and uh, highlights their faith. And he mentions Sarah, and I think it's important to look at what he says about Sarah. So in Hebrews chapter 11, it's easy to remember where Sarah is because she's in verse 11. So Hebrews 11, 11, the Bible says it was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child, though she was barren and was too old. She believed that God would keep his promise. And so a whole nation came from this one man who was as good as dead, a nation with so many people that like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore, there's no way to count them. Now, when we get to a recollection, uh, a reflection back on Sarah, what does God highlight? Does he highlight all her days of confusion and frustration and disappointment? Does he highlight her failure when she suggested an alternate plan for God? No. When God is reflecting back and highlighting Sarah's life, he points out that she had great faith that in this moment of total impossibility, she believed God. And because she believed God, God blessed her and fulfilled His promise in her life. Now, I would just want to challenge you today, wherever this finds you, wherever you are on your journey with God, um, maybe you haven't really gotten on that journey yet, but wherever you are on your journey with God, if you're experiencing disappointment and frustration and confusion, I just pray that you will take those feelings and the situations that you're in, take it to God and trust Him with that and have faith that God's going to fulfill all that He has planned for you. You know what? You have, a, you have a script that God has written for only you and you are the only one who can fulfill that part. There's not an alternate. There's not an alternative. This is what God has written for you. 
And the greatest joy you'll ever experience in your life is to continue to follow Him one day at a time and let Him fulfill His promises in your life that you will see come to fruition. So I hope that'll be a blessing to you today. And before we close out, I want to pray with you. But before we have prayer, I just want to encourage you, wherever you are in your life today, to take a moment to ask God to encourage your heart and to remind you that it's it's our faith in Him that makes the difference, even when we're so frustrated with ourselves and even when we feel like a failure. And if you don't have a relationship with the Lord, if, if you have not yet put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, I pray that today will be that day. We would love to help you with that. And we're going to tell you just a moment different ways you can reach out to us. So before we go today, I want to close with a word of prayer. So please pray with me. Father, what an honor and a privilege it is to just talk about you and what a marvelous God you are. What a marvelous God of miracles you are. What a marvelous God of promise keeping you are. And we thank you for that, Father. We pray that you would bless us today. Uh, help us in our faith that we would be strong. And for those that might not have ever accepted you as their personal Lord and Savior, I pray that this might be that day that you would give them the faith and the courage to do that. And we're going to thank you for that privilege and uh, pray that you would bless everything we say and do today for your glory and honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you just prayed with me or if you just want to uh, give us some feedback, we hope that you will text TALK to us to 97000. Let us know that you're watching. If you prayed, if you'll text PRAY to 97000, we have some materials to share with you. And we would just love to reach out and help you in your faith journey. So we're just praying that you have a wonderful day today, and we'll look forward to seeing you tomorrow. God bless.